Here's your coach AF uh, with you on this uh, 29th episode of the Dare Real Agile podcast that celebrate it's one year already. And um, yeah, it's the 29th podcast that we do. The sixth interview, or not interview, you know, it's conversation for us. So um, we record it live on the Friday Live Agile. So if you'd like to see uh, our guests and myself, you could still uh, follow the link and the description of the podcast to um, follow me on YouTube if you prefer to see a video. But as a lot of you are writing to me that you run and you do your jogging or your spinning, listening to the podcast, it's more convenient than watching us. And uh, we try, we built a studio here in Montreal. Uh, we try to have a better sound. We improve like the Scrum way is teaching us, inspect and adapt. And um, really... The, the, the video itself was kind of great, but the recording uh, we did simultaneously um, from my microphone guests is not that great. So this is why I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking this minute in the opening before the, the main show, uh, the main 29 episode, to actually apologize for all of those who expect a, a better MVP, a better most valuable communication and product. And uh, let me tell you that I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm learning. Uh, but um, yes, yeah, sometimes uh, you do uh, with the aspect of your guests. Uh, it's a great guest, you have great thing to see. So I don't know exactly because I'm in the editing room right now. Of course, I'm uncut and unscripted. But uh, the quality of the sound is very important to me. Uh, this is why I purchased a great microphone. I've got some great software. I'm also building like a kind of an isolation and sound buffering here in the studio. So two hands it. Uh, so probably, um, and it's really hard to have guests who want to take the mic with you. So I'm not picky yet about them having the best microphone, but probably it's going to come a condition because even though the music show right now with Daniel Music was one of the most interesting, I did cut my volume to give him better volume, but I make a mistake there too. So I'm just taking the time to let you know that scrum way, lean way, I want to improve. I want to have and I, I have the courage to ask you to, apolog- uh, to accept my apologies for this kind of sound description. And more we are going to do more episodes, the, the 30th, the 31, the 32, 33, and so on, uh, with better guests, with better equipment. Um, I hope you are going to enjoy it. So let me know, uh, as usual, in the comment, uh, by email. Uh, reach out to me if you want to give me some tips or some guidance. But really, I try to do my best. So this episode is very great. But the sound of my guests, because of his microphone, yeah. So you'll see it. Cheers.
So welcome everybody. I welcome my 4,000. Yes, there is 4,000 people right now on the Dare Real Agile multi-platform. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are also on uh, Deezer, Spotify for sure. Uh, lately, uh, Samuel Ball, my marketing guru, he put me on the Amazon Prime podcast. So we are truly everywhere. And I, and I challenge you, if you go into the Google stuff, um, you could actually, uh, when you say just there, real agile, you could see we are everywhere. And, uh, and, and then I would like to also welcome the 27 new subscribers on my growing YouTube channel of Agile Launch for Business Agility. And uh, so I'm very thankful of it, especially after three weeks of not doing any Friday Live Agile. Uh, and uh, yeah, so and, uh, and I welcome a lot of people now from uh, Northern Europe, uh, Australia, Uh, and yeah, still India and Brazil are still uh, the most uh, member. And I realized and I discovered with exchanging with people on Instagram and Telegram, that is a growing movement of um, great engineers that adopt the DevOps with a Scrum uh, into Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, and Mexico for sure. So this will be a topic probably I would like to cheer them up. But today we talked about the agnostic agile. All the link will be in the description of the YouTube video, and uh, later on uh, we're gonna comment it also on LinkedIn and Twitter for you to find it. But if you do agnostic agile, you will surely uh, find it. So I won't go too much into the why, but I was one of the first uh, signatory of this back in 2017 when it launched. And uh, what interests me when I speak with my colleague, other Scrum Master, Agile Code, as well as Project Manager, that the one-size-fits-all approach is a frustrating antithesis to what it means to be agile, yes, and to strive with agility that was important for us. To, so the origin is, it was founded in London in 2016 and published in 2017, and I was among the first 500, 600 to sign it. And it's a global community movement for the betterment of Agile practitioner. Yes, again, you could see my video about to be or to do Agile. This is not the real question. This is not the real question. The, the thing is, you are adapting a mindset, the set of values and principles of the Agile Manifesto for software development that has evolved now with business agility, with open business agility to the entire enterprise right? With the enterprise scrum, among other things. And uh, so you see the practitioner from all over the world, and you could be anyone, any consultant, any change manager, any, anyone who embrace the sets of value and principle to create the smarter and the best patterns to actually unleash Um, valuable and meaningful deliverable to your customer. Because yes, let's remember the thing, the, the Agile movement by itself, it's the real lean thinking. The equation is the lean thinking, plus we add on to this, the customer collaboration, the customer participation. So you have to be in the Agile mindset, you have to be Agile and embrace this, and then you will do things, so you practice these things. So they have like 13 principles. I love it. They, I think they add on and, oh, I see a typo. We should say to them. And f I won't read it to you. You could read it by yourself. And of course, with my discussion with my colleague later, uh, Joey Peregrino, we're gonna talk about this into our 
different way of world, uh, what could be hybrid, what could not be hybrid. And it's going to be a free talk, an open talk, as you know. Uh, it doesn't have a script. I doesn't have a script. But, uh, of course, there's the core team of this Today uh, Dare Real Agile podcast, as well as the Friday Live here on YouTube, uh, talked about these 13 principles. It's an oath. And, um, and you see it's opening. Sorry about that. It's opening by to put my customer first, making them independent. Yes, the autonomy of this agile movement mindset uh, with principle of value. So it's very, very, so we don't care about framework. And we discover also, I did discover after 21 years of doing Scrum, that Scrum is not even a framework. It's a system that could help you enabling frameworks. Oh yes, you hear it. That's why Spotify has their own model based on the Scrum values and the Scrum system. A system huh, like Scott Adams used to remind us, hmm? uh, it's a system for winners and goals for losers. I'm sorry, we are bold. Yes, welcome to the Dare Real Agile. And um, one of the added principle goes into what's going on with the world of open business agility. It's to embrace diversity without compromise. So that's a very interesting topic, I think, for the day and age we're in right now with all of these bias, discrimination, and so on. And one thing when you sign the oath uh, that you have to recognize that there is more to agile than agile. Yes, and agile, again, is not a thing you boy, it's a thing you are, and it's a thing that you spark people to embrace uh, these values and patterns, to create the great patterns to us. So, to give the community as it has given to me. And it's also, that's why we had created the Scrum Beer here as a user group uh, to share with people, to make networking and everything. Um, so, you know, it's, it's it's all movement of evolution. And I really love that collective that I met uh, in London in 2018 uh, also. Um, and this is very, very, very a great community of diverse um, professional and the Marine. And you could see the almost 3,000 original signees of 2017 after the publish. And uh, just to tell, you, to tell you, one of my other great colleagues that I love so much, Michael Dillis, he was there. He's actually the one who uh, talked to me about it. Uh, and of course, after the list, you could probably recognize some other names here, like Frédéric Dumouchet, I salute you. Um, we have uh, Shane Weller, I salute you. So it's all part of the network uh, of uh, the uh, Montreal Agile type of things. And uh, I'm going to see if I'm still there. And probably, yes, I am there. It's 632, Alexandre Frédéric Jolie. So you see... Um, so that was like a great bunch of people. I wonder though, I wonder though uh, if, um, I wonder though if the, um, if they all still practice it. I have to admit that when I rent against safe, I'm not respecting one of those 13 principles because being agnostic, I should not comment. But this is too much because my mentor and my main community of uh, Agile Boston and uh, Scrum Alliance and so on, we aim to the real thing, the real McCoy and the stuff. So that's uh, Agile Agnostic Oath, yes. And what is going on with, um, with the fact that maybe, yes, sometimes we could be vocal and have an opinion on something, but you have to be based on empirical fact. 
and experimenting. So when I think Mike Beadle and some others of the uh, business agility community uh, were coming back in 2016, just prior to this oath, uh, and even after the old, like with those papers of uh, Agile is dead because of the Agile industrial complex pushed forward by this SAFE, the Scale Agile Framework. So, and they, they saw on it that it was not even lean, it was not even agile. Uh, they were scrapping the principle. They were kind of inverted the four main value. So, yes, I signed the oath. I might be in... Um, delinquence of one of the 13 principles to say that you will not um, kind of speak mad about frameworks, but that's my only exception. So I'm guilty, I'm guilty, but the true science of consultancy, of uh, teaching people, coaching people, have to make me say that, again, safe is not agile, is not even lean, is not even Scrum. And I wonder what are the PME people think about it. Uh, the PMI, sorry, people. Because is it also uh, a great project management tool? I don't know. Because I've been away from the classical process of it. But uh, today, I would like to have this great conversation. I see Joey is already here. So let's bring him to the floor. And just before that, you see in the, um, in the, uh, the ticker below, I thank you, uh, Shani, Oscar, Pietra, and Sandra for your tips. Really appreciate most of them and Bitcoins, yes. So the link in the description, you could send me some Bitcoin to encourage me. These are voluntary tips. It's a virtual lounge. So if you like, my gin, my uh, tequila, my vodka. So you tip me just to cut the expense. I don't make money of it. It's just to show your appreciation and, uh, and and why not. So people do it. And it's a lot of people that I don't know from all around the world. It's amazing. And they give me Bitcoin. And about this Bitcoin thing, uh, just to uh, just prior to I welcome my guests, um, something amazing happened in El Salvador this week. It's the first nation ever to experiment with a legal tender to pay in Bitcoin. Of course, this is not mandatory. People could still use US dollars or other devices, but uh, the, the government has made it possible for people, the legal tender now in El Salvador, and I'm betting that other uh, countries and development, because the movement, that's the equation. 2001, we saw the Agile software with Agile movement of creating best value for the experience of customer. And then in 2008-9, with the white paper of Chateauchy, uh, become this movement of decentralization again for the people experience a better experience and especially in these countries of Central America and Africa when you don't have, have access to bank accounts so the Bitcoin and the blockchain protocol not only give you security and privacy but give access to people who without it they won't be able to make transaction in exchange. So for all of you out there who think that Bitcoin is an investment, it is not. It was an alternative exchange away from the centralization. And I think and I believe that the open business agility movement as well, it's uh, something like that into the human interaction, the subsension, because subsension in physics is the interrelation between the numbers of element in physics, and we could apply it to the human behavior and the human interaction. 
when you build team, for instance, when you try to scale a great habit and a great pattern throughout the enterprise. So for me, uh, this is it. And a little note, because I already did a live on it, uh, the Scrum Beer will take a break um, for this month, the end of September. Don't expect the usual sprint cycle of having a Scrum Beer. So Scrum Beer number 15 will be on hold till November uh, because my team and I and the volunteer crew of Scrum Alliance in the Agile Lounge for Business Agility, we vote five out of seven that we won't do any discrimination about a medical procedure. So we are true to ourselves, to our value. We practice what we preach. So And we decide not to do a virtual event either because the survey that uh, among the 300 members, uh, about 50 people answer, 70% of them want it in person starting September. And with the in-person, you know what happened right now in Montreal, as well as our uh, user group in New York, Manhattan, it's even worse. So we decided to take a break to come back in November with an innovative way of meeting in person without discrimination. It is not our business uh, to see if you add or not a medical procedure. This is what we believe and we'll stand on it. So that's the message for the Scrum Beer. So yes, people wrote to me uh, while I was away on vacation. Is there like, um, is there like uh, a Scrum Beer this September? No, it won't, even virtually, because we'd like to come back with you with the best guest experience for the one at the end of November. Let's pray for it. So, and again, I thank everybody for following me, especially on the YouTube channel. Uh, this is where it's happening. Right now, there's about seven listeners all across the board. You could chat, as I said, and we'll take um, a, a moment at the end, Joey and myself, to uh, talk about uh, your question or your comment. So, welcome, Joey. You're on screen right now. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for inviting me uh, to uh, take part in this conversation with you, uh, Alex. It's actually my great pleasure uh, of having you uh, on my show, The Dare Real Agile, because right now you know what's happening. We are live on YouTube and LinkedIn, as well as Twitter, and we are recording for my crowd of joggers. It's amazing because they wrote to me. They wrote to me that um, they actually... Um, uh, listen to me while they're doing their jogging or they're spinning and so on. So that's, I think we are going to create the uh, jogger crew of the Dare Real Agile. So, um, so that's why today that's will be... Good. Actually, uh, I ran listening to two of your podcasts uh, on Really? Pretty long ones because I, I run, I, I do long distances sometimes. So I, I listened to your, what was the one? The one with... Uh, Daniel Mezik. Oh, yeah. That, that, it was very interesting. It's a long one. It was about a, a little bit more than an hour, an hour and a half, something like that. Yes. But, uh, but I mean, I was supposed to do my Saturday long run, so it fit in perfectly with, uh, with me. And uh, I enjoyed it very much. It's a, did you know did you knew my Daniel Mezik before that? Or? I had no idea who he was, but now I want to know all about him because he's really super interesting. Yes, he is. And uh, he's the uh, co-founder of the Open Leadership Network. And what I like with uh, the people of this network is uh, they are really applying what we kind of talk because we could, we could talk of whatever we want. It's an open mic. I'd like to share with you because I really appreciate the fact that a lot of people say like, oh, Scrum Master and a PM, all those go along together, but we go along together, right? 
I guess so. I mean, uh, and I have a lot of respect for what you guys do because as a project manager, agile project manager, often, you know, I have to play both roles and it's not an easy one. Uh, leading the role to agility in organizations, I think is, is, uh, it's a minefield sometimes. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are very resistant and I think in parts because they don't embrace, they don't understand that's part of your agnostic, uh, uh, thing which I thank you for sharing with me. Uh, they, they don't understand what agility is supposed to be about, and I think when you try to force feed it to people without really listening, which is what a lot of organizations do, unfortunately, yeah, uh, they come up with resistance, and people don't really become agile. You know, they just do what they're supposed to do because that's what management wants them to do, but they're not happy about it. No, and this is why. And, and what do you what do you make of all of these papers? If you come across them, especially on Medium.org, and of course, people on LinkedIn will do some article about this. And especially, they will say, "Oh, Agile fell, and then Scrum is no good anymore. We should rethink it, and this and that." But they do it like to blame this mindset or these value system, and also like because, as you just said, it's been forced maybe by the organization, the org level. So what's your thought on this? Like, have you have you come I mean, across? My, 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 my personal uh, opinion, I guess, is that uh, it's not Scrum or Agility's fault. It's it's the organizations that are not pushing it through properly. You know, when I when I got in project man management, when I reoriented my career about 10, 15 years ago, uh, Alex, uh, one of the things that interested me was. Um, the whole structure, the methodology behind leading projects. I mean, when, when I started all of this with doing a master's degree in science of project management. Okay, and one of the things that I discovered when I was doing my thesis paper is that nobody does it right, or most people don't, don't do it right. Uh, people have been trying to get the secret sauce to making projects work and delivering them on time and quality. On budget. Like that for... 30, 40, 50 years, and, you know, we fail miserably at it, and we still do today. And what was, uh, just, just before we're going deeper in this, what was your thesis about, exactly? My thesis was on, uh, I guess, the implementation of project management offices, and mm. why, you know, in most cases, they fail. And now we, we don't even talk about this uh, difference between the, the world of agility and classical project management. Just by itself, implementing a PMO office uh, was uh, you discover a lot of uh, struggling from people and making it happen? Or what was the... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the overall... Uh, implementing a PMO is like implementing any type of project. It's just a very large project where mm -hmm. you're trying to bring in sort of a methodology, a way of working that will, in theory, permit project managers, scrum masters to be able to do what they do more efficiently and to meet the objectives of the organization, which is to, I guess, be, be, be profitable and to uh, have uh, happy clients and happy employees. Um, The manner in which they, they, they try to go about doing it, you know, can vary from organization to organization. But I think throughout the industry, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, in the end, you have uh, you have something that you want to do, and you want to try to do it as efficiently as possible. 
in as little time as possible, with as little cost as possible. You can go about it through many different ways. There's a traditional, more waterfall approach, and there's the everything in between, you know, which is, you know, like when I, when I lead projects, even agile projects, I usually have a, a hybrid model because I think most of the, most of the things that are pushed through, and even though I mean I've done, I have the safe certification, I have the Scrum Master certification, I have the product owner certifications, I have many certifications, Alex, but I still don't believe that anyone is a true, the, the, the true, uh, true tried and the, the method that will absolutely, if you follow it to the letter, permit you to be able to to, to lead your projects well. It's always somewhere in between. You somewhere, yeah. Ten years of pain, trying to lead projects of different sizes, with different organizations, uh, somewhat successfully. Yeah. You have to be, you, you have to be, you have to be stubborn, you have to keep, Keep at it, you have to be patient and uh, be ready to coach your resources and stuff like that. You have to work with management, you have to work with all the stakeholders. Um, it's, it's not an easy endeavor. No, it's not. And what I realize in the workplace, the workforce also, like, like uh, and let's not talk about any mindset here, just like the fact that mm -hmm. you go to work, you have some skills, you have some superpowers, you have knowledge, and we are your you for uh, the fact that you're either a great designer, you're either a great accountant, you're someone great in finance, someone great in software programming, and so on. And what you say is like that the project management or the lead of a project, so And you have to build a team of those skilled people that you need. And whatever the approach will be, is it a matrix approach? Is it like uh, a stable team and so on? And, and for me, uh, I too often saw whether you are a consultant, but especially if you are a consultant, then a permanent kind of leader or project leader into an organization that is it like I was questioning it when I was doing uh, some kind of um, evaluation lately to a, a small, medium scale organization of 400 people uh, where uh, actually uh, they all of their impediment seems to be around uh, a clear vision and the integration of all of those skilled people to achieve the goal. And for them, the goal, it was not necessarily about customer experience, or as you mentioned, also the employee experience. It was more about the final product of quality, of kind of this mindset. So what will you say, like, project management uh, and whatever, what you imply in it, like, how do we actually engage those people? Because if, if we hire them for their skills, now after there's the process. And you know, the three pillar is people, process, and technology. But technology, you will have to adapt about the different kind of ecosystem. Then the process is something that not the people should be agreed together on it. Like whatever, it's a PMO or it's an agile kind of. I mean, one of the things that is that is clear, uh, whatever it is that you want to do, is you got to get the buy-in of the people. If you want yeah. to be able to make them, you have to make them part of the solution. If you want to be able to get their engagement and have them. Uh, collaborate with you, believe in what you're doing. You know, so when you're trying to bring about change, and agility is a little bit about transformation and change. 
Yeah. Uh, doing projects, doing projects is always you're trying to put something together, do something new. Um, if you don't get the buy-in of the, the people that are doing the work before you go and decide what's going to be done, uh, you're going to get some resistance, and usually, you know, that's why uh, some people. Uh, don't embrace uh, agility. They, 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 they blame agility or scrum or whatever you want to call it uh, for the fact that uh, they're not having pleasure at working or doing whatever it is that, that they have to do. But it's not the system's fault. Sometimes it's just uh, the people that are trying to be, that are trying to implement it. But do you, don't you find it's really kind of inverted because the agile movement by essence was to actually help people be more self-organized make decision and um, being more autonomous uh, and you want them to be self-organized but you want them to absolutely have three week sprints and do a demo within that time and uh, do uh, and have everything that's uh, something that they can show the client systematically at the end of every sprint and if you don't uh, the, the product owner is going to complain and uh, it puts a lot of pressure on the team which is not necessarily good and now uh, we so have those sometimes, sometimes it's, it's not it just doesn't make sense to do a demo because you're not ready so so could you imagine when sprints are also very uh, it, it depends you know? so that's probably that's probably why we have this overload of um, oh it's failing But did they try it? Yeah, did they try it? Because, because for me, like when I look, when I look back, I won't say that all my consultancy mandate went actually well. I have some failure. But um, I adapted an approach because I inspect and adapt myself and my team as well. And what we, what we aim to do uh, without or not the oath of this Agile Agnostic, but the Agile Agnostic, it gives you 13 principles. Because that's, the, that's the, always the thing. The four values of the Agile Manifesto and the 12th principle are actually the essence of how could you inspire yourself as a professional to create those patterns to be more efficient. And for me, after practicing Scrum since 1999, could you believe it? Uh, I was a Scrum master back then, and Ian's like... I, one people the other day asked me, like, oh, uh, have you go back to your team 10 years ago? And I was, no, but they, they created something else. They are, uh, especially those who, who continue on the path of, of that journey. But the thing is, I never have, like, I never, uh, I don't do training anymore. I do workshop. I do practical workshop with aids, with business model canvas, open space, like a beautiful white wall that you have behind you, and they have to draw it with our facilitation. This is the key. There is no scrum team. is no one size fit all. There is no scrum team the same. Mm -hmm. There's no. And uh, yeah, we call it we call it scrum, but who cares? Like a lot of people talked about the Spotify model model nowadays, but it's scrum. Yeah. It's scrum configured yeah. to their industry, and yeah. Uh, to, to give you an example, okay. For example, I. I, I led a large project with one of my clients um, three years ago. You know, it was a project that was in recovery. It was doing really, really bad. Uh, they had had a scrum master, uh, a coach that tried to teach them how to run things and stuff like that. And they were really trying to be very 
you know, follow the principles and things like that. Do the, do, do the, the, the adding started with the basics, you know, just how to define a proper story and have it mean something to them and, and things of the sort. So when I picked up that project, the team was uh, rebelling, they weren't happy, uh, the, the velocity was shit, it wasn't very good. I'm sorry for using that word. No, we could, we could. At Dairy Agile, you could yeah, do the I'm F and the S word. I'm in the proper space. You're in the proper space. But you're live on LinkedIn, though, but LinkedIn, I don't know. So, <laughs> so, so in any case, any, anything, any, any statistic you would have looked at, they weren't happy. And if you just looked at the morale of the team, they were very low. So, I mean, I, I said, let's scrap everything and just go back to the basics. You know, and I worked with them for about a year and a half because it was a large project. Uh, And by the end, you know, they were doing all this stuff on their own. I didn't even need to be there. The stories were well written. The sprints were running like uh, magic. It was beautiful to see. Mm. Then I left that team for a little while, for about a year. And uh, the, the organization introduced uh, DevOps, and they put them into all kinds of different things and stuff like that. Uh, and... And I was just reassigned to leading another project with that team, with those resources. And all of the beautiful things that we had built were destroyed. Because they tried How to come? bring them back into the core of, of you know, what the mindset of the, what agility should be and stuff like that. But that wasn't working with them. I, was, I had turned them into one of the most, uh, I guess, uh, agile... The last teams, I mean, in the true mindset of agility, you know, like giving them the ownership of what they were doing, and they were really champs at it at the end. And now I find myself having to start all over. And uh, I mean, it's cool. And, and I know I'll get through it, but they're very frustrated. Um, and it's like if I'm starting from where I was three years ago when I first uh, took on uh, that project with those people. So, what what was the uh, the element that actually uh, defaced them? Like, is it because the organization choose to? Uh, because that's that's the thing I saw. The, especially the large scale organization, they think they buy agile, they buy DevOps, they buy lean, they buy a safe. But safe, actually, mm -hmm. it's true. You buy safe. <laughs> you are sticking this. I think you don't listen. They, they, they don't listen to the employees. I mean, and they just try. Okay, like statistically. Uh, you have a, a three-week sprint and everything you're going to deliver within that time and stuff like that. And whether it's quality or not, you don't care. You delivered it. You got your little points and your 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 your, uh, your, your charts look good. But yeah. The team isn't happy and they know that they're delivering shit. You know? But that, that, that's mean that, okay, but whatever the lunch of the cycle of the sprint, that's mean yeah. that anyways, it's, it's something like uh, underscore that, If they deliver shit, it's because they don't agree on what should be the definition of done. Because for me, I could care less. Yeah. Because 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 for me, a sprint of one week, two weeks, three weeks, the team have to agree about their capacity of doing it. When you have a stable team of fixed members, uh, sometimes, and if they're new to um, the Scrum way, 
or even you know, the touch of Kanban in it, mm-hmm. they're better, and especially in CI/CD. You talked about DevOps is CI/CD, uh, continuous integration and continuous development. The thing that they will have, like, uh, who cares less about this? The, 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 so what could you deliver, and whatever the capacity you have, the time you have, and then the velocity came an effect of it. If if the velocity yeah. accelerates, like when you do a bicycle, maybe at the beginning of the season you won't go to uh, Mont Hartford uh, on your first day, uh, claiming uh, 900 meters. Uh, inclination, you will start by, I don't know, you do uh, maybe a run on Montreal, and then after, when you feel you're ready, definition of ready here, boom, you, you change it. And this is why I despise when I see coaches saying, like you said, oh, it's an average of three weeks, so let's do this. No. Of course, when you start, you should have longer cycle, even in the DevOps cycle. Let's say you have a drop. You have a drop every Thursday. But some of my teams will agree that Yeah, we could drop every week and continuous integration and development, right? With DevOps. So they don't have a sprint goal with a product goal and what have you. But the thing is, they will say like, you know, as we are have new buddies helping us and we are implementing these new process that we agreed together, let's let's not do drop until maybe uh, the first month on that release. And then after we'll inspect and adapt. And then, so, so this is why I think the future of Agile technologically, it's DevOps. With this mindset of adapting every time that we have to know each other, we have to know the capacity of each other. And when I say capacity, it's time, it's effort, it's knowledge. Because if someone is a rookie, uh, he needs help from you maybe, or from someone else. So that's all this, this kind of, uh, the other kind of set of tools, such as pair programming, um, that will help people growing up. Because if, if you as a PM and me as a coach, we work together and we assess a couple of teams, we might end up proposing a different model to test, to try, for them yeah. to see if it's going on. And then, so because, so do you think by your experience that you, you saw too many uh, manager or leaders Uh, asking you uh, to uh, do something in your project uh, uh, because they read something? You know, every organization is different, Mm. okay? But uh, in this case, we have uh, product owners that that, that come every day to the scrums. They they have more than one product owner, first of all, because they have have two divisions that they report to, uh, which disrupts a little bit sometimes the, uh, the, 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 the scrums of the, of the team. Um, if, if we want to talk about something that's important, I think the product owner role is something that's not talked enough about, but it's, about, it's, it's one of the most important roles in, in uh, the Agile, uh, I guess, uh, world. Because they, it, it's really key if you have a good product owner, you can your, your team can do many things because he understands well the reality of the client and also the reality of what he's trying to to uh, asking the team to 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 to, to do. Um, I've seen uh, good and bad, I guess. Yeah, and, and some you say they 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 do play a very very important role. But the thing is, again, if we if we return to the basic, uh, and I call it, I'm calling it a horner because in open business agility, it's a owner because we don't know if they have a product, a service, a solution, and whatever. So the owner yeah. of the 
the the the, the drop load the the payload because the the the, the result yeah. what are you trying to deliver what what kind of customer you serve so i'm agree with you on one part that the owner is probably one of the key most important person uh because he will be the one or she will be the one bringing the vision of how we serve our client and our user and uh it should be like very efficient like this but if this work in small shop medium uh, sme enterprise small and medium business but when you go to where you and i work sometimes uh, these big corporation mm -hmm. public or private the problem is there will be a lot of um there will be people who uh, we tend to transform like a business analysis for instance into a product owner but for me a product owner or the owner he should know Uh, you shouldn't know like uh, more than enough about the technology or the whatever they use to produce the good plus especially the experience we tend to deliver to those who will use that good right mm -hmm. so so for me this is where i try to coach them and to make sure that they will have a learning process despite the certification because certification will just give you about the role and process yeah if, if you don't take it as a learning experience and with other peers to to uh, to uh, to confront your own idea of the thing i mean uh the, this three four days boot camp of certification is worth nothing only the paper mm -hmm. that you are able to pay for it and that's it. that's it but 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 for me this is why i said like when you do a coaching like a very on-demand facilitation coaching Uh, you could actually guide those people to at least have courses. If there's a certification at the end of the course, why not? It could help you in your career. Uh, we, we could agree on it. But the most important thing is, do you want to evolve in it? Are you at the right place? And when you say they disrupt the uh, the daily, was it like uh, the product yeah, owner but, is... But, 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 uh, they disrupt the daily scrum. Yeah. Okay. But why? Because they, they should, they should be... Huh? I think one of the very important roles, okay, that you have to be when you're dealing with people, okay, is emotional intelligence. That I think some people just do not have it. But what is emotional okay. intelligence? Tell me. What, 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 is, what is emotional intelligence? It's being able to be, to perceive or be aware, I guess, of how your actions are going to to have uh, an impact on the people that you're trying to do. It's about managing, controlling the way you feel or the way you express yourself in order to be able to, to not influence negatively, I guess, a relationship with, with your team. If you have a, someone that comes and is in a bad mood and just shits on everyone and, mm. and stuff like that and pushes them, you're, 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 you're not affecting or impacting your your team in a very positive way and i think in, in many cases you know you'll see certain certain key stakeholders that should know better but that don't that that, that don't manage that that, that uh, component very well i guess so but this this is part of a, it's an attitude more than an aptitude right The emotional intelligence will unleash a consciousness, a conscious attitude. Yes, but some people are—it's an aptitude because some people are better at it than others. 
But okay, but my my okay, maybe I, I didn't use the proper word. But for me, is it is it something that you have and you could develop by awareness? Because you mentioned that the one of the yeah, key it's words. That it's, you can develop, yes, but some people it's more in certain people than it is in others. Okay. Because will you will you say will you say for instance will you say for instance that that Steve Job Steve Job was having emotional intelligence with his team and people for what we know so far I guess he was a very charismatic leader mm -hmm. um, sometimes he riled people up uh, but I think he knew what he was doing he was doing it on purpose. That, that was my question because emotional intelligence. So you can see that he, un he understood emotional intelligence and the triggers very, very well. Because, you know, I went to a training, uh, was it last summer? Yes, it was last summer, with a psychologist. So we're a bunch of Scrum Master, Product Owner, and Agile coaches. It was supposed to be in San Diego, California, but unfortunately, we did it remotely last summer. And mm -hmm. uh, and the, the training was, uh, I don't know if you heard about the DISC system for uh, development, intelligent, socializing, and communication, the DISC. Have you heard about this? I think I have, yes. And uh, so, you, so you could do a test and then you will have, a, you will have like a, a graph of consciousness, a graph of dominance trait, a, a graph of mm -hmm. motivation, influence. Uh, insight on overview, insight on communication, insight on conflict. What is the trigger of, that will make you have a conflict with other co-workers and stuff? And the steadiness of evolving. But uh, that was one of the key things that make me think because as a coach, and put the qualificate if you want next to coach, I mean, like agile coach or whatever coach, business coach, yeah. is she was actually showing us that in every organization of any size, you have that kind of a risk of having this uh, dark triangle. I don't, I don't know if you, if you ever saw this dark triangle of behavior. There's one pathology in it that's at the base of the, the triangle, which is psychopathy. And then it's sustained by two types of behavior that are not a pathology, which is Machiavellism and narcissism. And she said that most of the entrepreneur that become the owner of the enterprise or any kind of manager or they're not, she didn't even use the word leader because, you know, that's the thing that you, you and much she said like those and with power and control mindset taught by our university, huh, the MBA, just mm -hmm. creating those type of behavior. So, and, um, and often when I go to this hotel to teach agility and to the uh, master in business or other people and human resources and so on, I'm really amazed to see young and even older people that these programs in the university for business, especially for business, they are not in sync with all the innovation that you and I as consultant, we uh, help team and people and organization to implement. And often I clash with that because, I mean, I come from a traditional business administration background. That's what I studied in, uh, Alex. I mean, I worked in, in banking for 15 years before I became a project manager. Wow. And uh, I was a director there. And uh, I, I, I think I was looking for something different, and that's why I reoriented myself into project management, because I, I like the idea of projects, everything having a beginning, an end, 
and being able to work with people in order to deliver something that's concrete, you know? Um, but I mean, I, I, I think the human aspect, the, the behavioral aspects, all the psychology and stuff like that that you need in your toolkit as a project manager or as a scrum master are huge. You need to borrow from so many things in order to be able to deliver yeah. a, a project. You know, and mostly when you're a consultant, you work with different organizations. Every everyone has its own unique culture. Uh, I guess it's what keeps it interesting. But the work of being of, of leading a project, for, for forget about or delivering a project, forget about the title of who does it, is complex. You know, when I was telling you about the project management uh, office uh, that I was leading, well, one of the key studies that I was uh, that I discovered about 10, 10, a little bit more than ten years ago, when I was doing my my masters uh, in uh, science of project management, was this this company called uh, uh, that did a report every year that was called the Chaos uh, Report. The Chaos Report, yeah, of course. And actually, the estate of Agile came from them. Now it's another organization. Right. It's Lightspeed. Something that I used to think was was fascinating. Mm -hmm. You know, and we talked. They used to diagnose when I did my we did case studies on you know people or large organizations that put millions and millions and millions of dollars in projects that failed you know and you, you go back and you try to see where where did we go wrong what did we do what what could we have done different could agility help you know is the traditional project management uh, approach not correct you know then you try to Rewire things, and you get the same result. Okay, okay, okay. Where, where are we going wrong? Yeah, I, I, I like that. But can, can I can I share something here? Is for me, like project management. I have nothing against it. And actually, the the best project manager are those who are able to see what kind of tool they could go reach to help their project team, right? Whatever you have, but you need to have support mm -hmm. for it. But for me, what I discover is, you know, this famous VUCA stuff, huh? the volatility, yeah. the uncertainty, the complexity and the ambiguity. So if it's not created by the, the dark triangle that I spoke before and the toxic politic within probably medium and large scale organization of with the ego of someone not being in touch with what you talked before about the emotional intelligence and the awareness of how do you show up? Uh, in a team or in an organization to, to make something. So this is all the power of the intention. I don't know if you agree. But beside that, if sometimes I... Me, what I saw, it's the lack of this emotional in intelligence. It's an equation I'm making right now. I'm just testing it with you. Mm -hmm. Plus yeah. the not being conscious of your surrounding, of your market, of your user. Yeah. And uh, so... and. Probably, I, I saw some students, especially students in the academic, that they learn something at school, they read a book, they go to a three-day course of whatever, PMI, uh, Scrum Alliance, whatever, and now they will put on LinkedIn, oh, I'm a Scrum Master, I'm a product owner. But they've just been like five years in school with, through the master, and uh, about five years in school, university, I mean, and, uh, but, and then they will apply what they have learned 
without being aware. So I don't know if the equation of emotional intelligence of to be aware of yourself, your your own behavior, how to interact with others and how to actually be inclusive. Probably it's part of this. Uh, you know, when we talk about inclusion is how we are listening before we talk. I don't know if it's all these threats of this emotional intelligent aspect, which is more like inner. And the other is, are you accepting other way, other perspective? And are you adapting yourself to all of this to make it happen mm -hmm. properly? And for me, more the environment is complex, whether it's because of the market or the culture or because of, as I talked before, these toxic people uh, in the organization. I think you better get an agile mindset fast, <laughs> not to be deceived. And because otherwise the failure, you don't learn anything. So that, because for me, that's what I see. And that's what we talk about with Daniel and others. Uh, it, it's, it's all about, if it's complex, if it's chaos, you know, the, the Stanley uh, kind yeah, of process, yeah. uh, you don't, I mean, for me, uh, you could have the best PMO ever with the best project manager from the PMI. Uh, you have the risk of, uh, it's the same thing for me, classical or agile. You have to be real open to any yeah. possibilities and to adapt continuously. But for that, you need the core of agility. So agility will help organizations that struggle uh, with either one of these, either on a psychology aspect of it inner, internally or what the environment outside is, is, is giving you as a challenge. What do you think? Agility, yes. For your definition of agility, Alex, yes. Agility, yes, for what some organizations are trying to push through? Mm. No. No. Okay, but as per your, the, the, the agile mindset of being able to be uh, adaptable and, and finding the, the, the proper mix that will work in order to be able to get done whatever it is that you need to accomplish, You know, I absolutely believe in. And that's why I think, you know, all I know is I, is I know very little. Uh, I always have to, there's always new things, there's always new ways. Um, it's one of the interesting things about being in our industry. You know, there's, there, there's so many things to learn, so many things to see, and you're, you're like a sponge. You capture a lot of it, so, so good for you. But uh, I, I struggle to keep up with all the new things that, that come up all the time and what's safe all about, what's this all about, what's this all about. It's a, it's a uh, I, I guess it's one of the challenges of being in this, uh, in this role that we yeah. play, you know, trying to help uh, organizations do things. But, but again, like, uh, especially... Us as consultant, we are sometimes being asked uh, to do things. And to tell you the truth, in the last two, three years, I did decline a lot of contract based on these principles and values of the fact that just the fact that I have a discussion with someone who would like to agilize this organization, they cannot tell me the core reason, the core why they will do this. And, um, and I thank you for the compliment, but I'm far away from being perfect. I'm still learning continuously. Um, you know, this invitation-based change, I kind of knew it from my enterprise scrum movement of business agility. Uh, and actually, Daniel is one of the pillars of it. 
uh, back in the day. Uh, but for me, uh, yes, I'm a outspoken. I create this very agile to have meaningful conversation like we have you and I, and to bring uh, a broad, real inclusion of different perspective and to what we do as consultant, coach, or project manager. Because I think like right now, a lot of people go virtual and they, they write paper, uh, they write opinion and stuff. Okay, so that's all good. I'm doing it right now with you too. But uh, mm -hmm. what will be the uh, proposed value out of it? Like, is it not to evolve in, uh, in, uh, in a big, like, uh, because we talked about emotional intelligence, but I heard something else, the collective intelligence, I think. Is that the proper term? Because uh, whether in French, English, or Spanish, I don't remember exactly, but I heard something like this, collective intelligence. It could could very well be. Could, know, like I'm reading a book for, uh, for for something that I'm doing right now that's a little bit different. It's called Conscious Capitalism. Oh, yes. From Anderson? From Anderson or Richard Barrett? Which Because uh, there's uh, two books. It's, it's the guy from uh, Real... He has a food company or he was bought by Amazon. Yeah, that's it. It's Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Either way. Fascinating guy, fascinating story, fascinating, fascinating approach. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about conscious leadership, conscious, uh, I, I guess, not being only driven by profit, by being driven by wanting to do things that are good for your employees, good for the world, good for society, good for, you know, consciously making the right decisions. Yeah. And that is not something that's always... Uh, That, 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 that's easy to do, but that's a mindset that's, I think, very, very interesting. But actually, I'm glad you talked about it because, you know, in, in, in Montreal, we have a, a great guy who, from that book of uh, Thomas G. Anderson, I think, uh, it's unfortunate, I've, I got a book of him on uh, conscious leadership, apply on this, because they start with the conscious capitalism kind of, 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 of broad, holistic perspective, but now it's really into management. Uh, it's really into management. And, and when you are, like me, very passionate about business agility, I actually create an equation. It's business agility and conscious leadership. That's the two kind of pillar that any meaningful organization that have at art more than the profit, as you mentioned, that would like to put people first. And when we say people first here, it's every people. It's your customer, your internal user, your, your employee. I don't like to say employee. I say more and more workers or those who contribute to your organization. So, And uh, there's the environmental aspect and, and everything. So, yes. And I think that was the meaning of a couple of articles at the beginning of this pandemic, when, uh, especially the meaningful one in business at Forbes magazine, when mm -hmm. they were trying to say, like, only the agile will survive. I think it's pretty much aggressive. I prefer to say only those who will adapt agile or agility will be able to thrive in this new world that's unfolding before us. Um, so, yeah, uh, I like it that the fact that you bring in and you read that book right now, because it's part of the future of work. Do you have a meeting? Yeah, totally. No, it's just fine. Now, anyways, so, uh, so my friend, you see, a Scrum Master and a PM could have a meaningful conversation about I, I, the Bowie Bridge. Well, first of all, I think you know, that uh, the, the role is so complex that we need to work with one another. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it would be impossible for me 
to be able to be uh, just a scrum master. Mm. Um, it's a very difficult role. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of play at being scrum master a little bit in my projects because, you know, I'm an agile project manager and I'm given the mandate to lead agile projects. But scrum master with uh, how many uh, teams or do, 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 do they lead right now? About 10 of them and stuff like that. It's a very... Ten. They won't. They won't have the attention to to really help and facilitate, especially if if. No, but sometimes they're given the mandate to have yeah. so many to to manage so many different yeah. styles or, or stuff like that. It's it's really not easy. I, I have a couple of them that I collaborate with, and uh, I mean they have their their day by fifteen minute uh, increments uh, planned. Uh, uh, try to get five minutes with them. It's very, very hard with all the ceremonies and everything yeah. that they have. But this is, this is not, you see, this is, this is, this is not the, the proper way of enabling engagement and collaboration within people. Because if, if you're your coach, your facilitator that we call a scrum master because they yeah. doing scrum uh, is not able mm -hmm. to give proper time to an owner, a project manager, another, any stakeholders for that matter. Mm -hmm. And the title, as you mentioned, I think the world of work right now, not only will be more digital and virtual, but it will be also based on if Joey and Alexandre I am not an agile coach, of course, because of LinkedIn and all those old mindset of putting a CV out there. We don't have choice to put a title. But the thing is, uh, I saw uh, in Europe more and more a CV, okay, a resume based on the skills you have and experience you have that you could bring to an organization. And I will say like that goes for both permanent people and consultant. But for me, again, in the next and the next 10 years, 75 percent of the workforce and professional services or specialized services will be uh, consultants and entrepreneur. And, uh, and, and, it, and it's, it's, it's because we need this kind of nomadic, nomadic thing, because um, we we will bring our expertise and experience and make them independent and then move on. So that will, I think that will be the dynamic. This is my kind of futurology. Um, it's going to be um, something uh, like this that will unfold. Um, so tell me, Joey. Yeah. Is there a, where, where people can get in touch with you? Uh, do you have a consultancy um, website or something that they could be yeah, in touch with? I Twitter, Gino on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm trying to put together a, a, a website. I, I, I have, a, I guess, a little group, a meetup that I did for a little while uh, that I'm still doing now, but I haven't done it in a couple of... Uh, yeah, the Let's uh, Talk Project Manager, huh? is that it? Project Management, which is, just brings together everyone, Scrum Masters, Project Managers, and we just talk a little bit like we just did now. A lot of people are just trying to find their way. How do I become... And Alex or Joey, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and stuff like that. And we, we talk, we give advice. What are the trainings that you could do? What are some of the stuff that you can, uh, that you should be looking out for? And basically, we just share experiences and, and things of the sort. Um, I probably have to schedule one of those. Uh, yeah, it's been a while uh, you, you didn't do this. 
because uh, yeah, just like your just like your your, your your scrum beer things, it's cool just to be able to get a, an opportunity to get together. I heard uh, when you, when you launched before when I was in the background. Yeah, uh, we were talking about the fact that the one for September is has been canceled. It's probably the right thing to do. Um, yeah, because being able to to get back together with people, though, and thinking and talking, that was really a great, uh, great initiative that you that you had. And you probably got to do. And I we we were sure. Uh, I mean. I mean, Anna and Elizabeth were so deceived because they are my main core that take care of these uh, scrum beer thing, both in Manhattan and here in Montreal. And they were so like, uh, why, how do we go around uh, with that, you know? And I'm just sharing right now, Joey, your group. It's uh, for people to see. Sorry for the Dairy Real Agile podcaster. You don't see it, but come into my YouTube. But for those who are watching live right now, we'll see the repeat. So that's, the, that's your uh, great meetup. Uh, yeah, let's so many times, and uh, people appreciate a lot having a chance to talk with you uh, on a million different subjects. You know, yeah. it could go anywhere, a little bit like here, because uh, it's just true talk. Yeah, and uh, and I love the fact that this is why this is why like uh, I really appreciate you because you have an open mind. Uh, I think you have uh, the ability and the aptitude of um, of. Um, Uh, bringing this emotional intelligence that you described us before, and uh, this is why, like, we need we need more people open on every side to really work in togetherness. I think this um, this world of uh, division of duality, uh, all agile against. When I saw paper Scrum versus Kanban, it's nothing to do about it. It's a it's not like. PM against SM, or there's these meme like the, we could laugh sometimes. It's fun to laugh. I mean, like oh. You have a project manager and you Scrum team. Mm. And then you see the guys from uh, Charlie of the Chocolate Factory. Like, mm, talk to me about it. It's, it's fun, it's fun, it's fun to, to laugh about it. Yes, of course. I know a lot of purists are there. A lot of people attack me of being a purist because of the title of my podcast. They're real agile. Saying like, oh, you implied and there's a fake agile. Yes, it is. And there's probably fake project management as well. Because I remember I used to be also a project manager uh, when I started my career from being a CX designer all the way up to, but but that's the thing. The uh, the engineer, they told me, like, we don't need the classical project management because it's too complex. We don't know. We don't have a beginning and end because we do R&D with this software. So we, we, we need you uh, with your customer experience managing and designer uh, experience. And they hand me the book of Ken Schraber and Mike Beadle, uh, Agile Software Development with Scrum. They give it mm -hmm. to me, the engineer, the team that I was supposed to build as a PM. So this is how I became a, more a scrum master than a PM. But then after, you realize very, very rapidly that both of these roles have the same skill base of being a great communicator yeah. and be well organized. And I think PMI teaches us, right? And the PM Buck organization and communication, it's 80% of the skills you need to be a great PM. So both, both they go that way. So, so for me, uh, I don't care the title that you want to put me on, whatever. The thing is, I've got experience in these fields, uh, these industry, and most of our, we are listening to people and their needs. If you don't pay attention to what they need, you are going to fail. Period. 
because you don't deliver, you didn't listen. You didn't listen, so they don't deliver like uh, properly, or you misguide them. And uh, you'll see, and uh, one of the principles of the Agile Agnostic, it's exactly about this fact of be more intentional and um, making sure that you have an agreement on invitation. And I think people will have to learn to invite people instead of, as you mentioned, like... That's something that I've seen that a lot of, uh, I guess, coaches try to do, you know, to be invited to, uh, to talk about something, you know, like wait for the opening, listen more. Uh, these are, I guess, things that I need to work at because I probably talk too much. But wow. We all, our, we all have our things that uh, we... Uh, being aware is the first step. Exactly. Uh, learning to listen, I think, is, is, is very key. Exactly. You know, good at, uh, at being a people manager, I guess, you know, or, or stuff like that. Learning to listen is, is very important. Listening to the words and also the, the whatever cues you see from people, you know. Yes, and uh, up with them. And uh, if you if you don't understand, just ask. Yeah. Instead of judging, and this is what people are going right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, like a sane debate. Like uh, I don't like consensus because a lot of people are silent. They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't talk because maybe I could understand. Like uh, probably you know, like when you when we uh, help team, uh, you have people more outspoken than others. There are people that are more introvert than others. So, so for 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 us who speak a lot, who are more extrovert, uh, it's an effort that we have to make. Uh, to make sure that we give the proper space to everyone. Uh, so it's something that's still my learning process. Uh, I know. I know because yeah. uh, because and sometimes like I feel, not the guilt, but I, I'm disappointed of myself. I said, oh, I should have listened more, Elizabeth. Or I should have listened more. Like, And now sometimes I go back and I, and I, uh, I ask for forgiveness. And I said, like, by the way, mm-hmm. I, I hear you, hmm? But I didn't pay attention that much. But now I think it's important what you were saying. So could you bring it back uh, with the team and so on? So yeah, sometimes I do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Recognizing it. Yeah. And being able to acknowledge that you uh, that, that you uh, didn't listen and that maybe you weren't as focused as you should have been, you yeah. know, is, uh, is, is, is is a sign of greatness as far as I'm concerned. Because not everybody can recognize that they make mistakes or faults or yeah. stuff like that. And, and I think it's part of human nature, so it's normal to make mistakes. And I had a great coach. I had a great coach the other day who ended the kickoff kind of meeting, preparing the value list of things for the transformation. He says, like, really important, guys. I told you what I will be as your coach, but I want you to tell me what you expect from me as your coach. And let's put it visualized right now on the wall. And so I will, I, will, I will reflect on it. And this is not just today as we kick off this transformation. It will be forever that we'll work with you for the next couple of months till you're independent. So, so that's why the power of retrospective and on the process and the human interaction, this is there for that too. Uh, not to point finger, but to say like, uh, yeah, you know, Alex, uh, you were a bit too much in the last cycle about this and that. Uh, could we? And of course... Maybe b- before bringing it to public, uh, having a nice cafe, uh, you and I, 
and discuss mm -hmm. about it and say like, oh, because it's one thing to be open to tune my behavior, but if you just smash it to me in front of a team of 10 people and it's something that uh, it's really important for you, now you just want to test if the other team member think about it, like, let's prepare prepare yourself to it. You know, it's really, it's it could be more constructive. Um, that's oh, often what I do. So I start with a one-on-one -on -one and then after, so, okay, so how do we share it to actually have the uh, the polls transparently, the polls, because I, I don't know if you saw it, like, a lot of people sometimes, you know, the management way, they will say like, oh, Joey, I have to see you in my office. Okay, you're going to have So, you know, uh, we heard uh, three out of your five teams are telling this about you and this and that. Like, yeah. Who says what for that and what context? Do they know the context? And, and they implement someone from the PMO or the uh, HR into this. And and there's no there's no value because the person will feel more like attack or judge And there's yeah, a lack of context. It's definitely happened to me, and it's not—it's not pleasant. Oh, it happened you to know, me. You know where it's coming from. Yeah, and uh, so that's—I don't think it's really constructive because you cannot really tune your behavior because after that you go out and you have five teams. Three of them think you're a fucking loser or you're just uh, not good enough or whatever, but they don't talk to you open it. So, and even especially if you have a scrum team and you do a retrospective, nobody telling you any, any shit. They always vote that you're nice and you bring do nuts, but eh, yeah, do nuts, do nuts. So, I mean, so that's, I think like uh, we invite people to, uh, to be frank. So what I do when I start a mandate, I always show what they should expect of a coach, like from the ICF, the International Coach Federation that I adapt myself. And then after, so now tell me what you will expect from me and all these measures. I should do that when I start new mandates or new projects. Yeah. yeah, this is the working agreement. The explicit agreement is part of the eight patterns of open business agility. And, uh, and by the way, I'm coming with a show on it to explain it a bit more deeper. Of course, I don't want to do the training that the open leadership and the conscious, uh, the center for conscious leadership is also providing. But I mean, it's important to give free stuff to enlighten and spark the mind of people of actually doing something for the betterness, not just of the workplace, but the entire society. Uh, because we are in right now, like so, so that, that, that the way, the centralized way in front of chaos cannot work. It will just worse thing. So we have to, uh, to be, uh, because what work in New York might not work in Cincinnati, uh, the same between France and Mexico. So, you know, and what do we see right now? We have a chaos thing. What works in Brooklyn might not work in Manhattan and might not work in the Bronx. So sometimes you don't have to go very far. I know, I know. So, uh, so that's the thing. Hey, Joey, thank you very much. To have uh, spent this. Very grateful for having had the opportunity to chat with you. It's always a pleasure, Alex. And uh, likewise, you know, I hope that we can uh, connect and have that beer soon. Yeah, but we aim for November because we are uh, creating something uh, to gather people together with respect of everyone's choice. Uh, and so we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep you in touch. It's going to be on invitation only, of course. It, it might be. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, so, uh, but um, we'll see. And, uh, but we won't, we won't return to Scrum Beer virtually because it, it was nice. We did it like last year, but it was not now. I mean, like. It wasn't the same thing. You missed that in-person. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
But of course, people were excited because uh, we had people from all around the world that could be there and stuff. So, so that's, there's you know, also, there's always yeah. benefit and of it. There's always a positive and a negative to everything, exactly. And I was exiled in Mexico, so I was like uh, doing it in front of my condo on the Caribbean. So that was kind of nice <laughs> and, and nasty for some who were stuck in the snowstorm here. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think like people liked it. I've got good comment on Meetup. But uh, my team and I, we, we, we think like, well, what are we going to do probably if, again, this winter, especially this winter, it's continued to be kind of a sort of lockdown. I don't want to. So we might do at least the uh, Agile Coach Circle uh, virtually. Um, mm -hmm. Because right now uh, with my the crew collective, you could come in a one-on-one -on -one or a small group of four or five uh, to have a meeting with me at the co-working space. But again, if you don't want to show uh, the proof of your medical procedure, you cannot enter the cafe. So, so I mean, like, so this for me is not a good guest experience. You know, being greeted by a security guard asking you for a lot of things as you are allowed to go to the co-working without going to the cafe and so on. So it's kind of a, for me, I said like, okay, I don't want to be extreme. I want to be respectful and open. So if, I don't care about the number of people. It's their choice if 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 they don't want to show it. Uh, I know a lot of people who, who who receive the procedure. They don't even want to have the apps for security purposes. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing to do about uh, uh, science, non science, uh, being for or being against. It's it's a lot, of, and it's and we have to admit it. It's it's segregation. It's segregation, and it's it's it's, it's out of it's it's out of agility. It's out of space. It's out of everything. I mean, like. We should be more like, uh, when we talk about inclusivity, it's kind of, don't you think it's all inverted? The same people who talk about diversity and inclusivity are the first one to be uh, forward about like, oh, no, you should like uh, exclude those people from sports and this. Didn't you say like you... I'm looking forward for all of this being behind us. I don't think we'll ever get back to a normal like we had it before. Did, did you like it, the normal before? Did you like the normal before? I like being able to get together with people and uh, not have to worry and, and things of yeah. the sort. And I, and I, and I want to go back to a world where we're not afraid again. We can just be. And we respect each other. Exactly. Despite we don't agree. Mm -hmm. And community out there, oh. we, we just saw it. A very great, the greatest PM of Canada and the greatest agile coach of Canada. We could, <laughs> we could talk on a Friday noon. <laughs> So yeah. stay there. Uh, I'm going to close the show. Stay there, my friend. Uh, yeah. And um, so my friend, my jogger out there, I, I hope. Whoops. <laughs> so I hope you like this Agile Agnostic conversation, honest conversation with Joey Periguino. And uh, next week, the 17, we don't know what we're going to talk about because let's be agile. We are going to refine our backlog of subject. And again, in the comment below, please tell me what uh, topic you would like us at the Friday Live Agile as well as the Dare Real Agile podcast you would like to hear about. And of course, I'm coming this year with two Fridays in English, one Friday in French, and one Friday is for the recording of the Dare Real Agile podcast like we do today. So don't forget to subscribe our YouTube, growing YouTube channel, 
and hit the bell to receive notification. But you could rest assured that every Friday at noon Eastern, 11 Central, 5 p.m. UK and 6 p.m. Europe, we are here at the mic with or without guests talking about meaningful tips, tricks and subject, editorial or not, about business agility, conscious leadership and sometimes, yes, Bitcoin and the blockchain protocol movement. So thank you very much, guys, and have a nice weekend. See you next Friday.